Welcome to the Word to the Wise, a podcast series brought to you by Underwriters Laboratories, a leader in global safety sciences. We interview remarkable women who have chosen science and engineering as a career and are dedicated to creating a safer, more secure and sustainable future. Women are the best at storage. <laughs> we store everything. And just now, we have to learn how to store two types of energies. Mm-hmm. One is your own energy, which is very, very important. And second is the energy of, that is the electricity energy storage. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I mean, women have always learned how to store money in those food jars, you know, that, that India has a concept. Then we have learned how to store food, water. I mean, these are all types of energies. Mm. But what we have to now learn is how to store electrical energy, which is very, very focused and which is now getting glamorized. So I'm very happy about it. And I'm sure women, I mean, Indian women specifically uh, here by nature uh, have that upbringing where we are taught to save everything. Okay, And women by general can save and store because we are powerhouses. Our guest today is fondly known as the Battery Wali of India. Dr. Rashi Gupta, founder-director of Vision Mechatronics, has pioneered the manufacturing of advanced lithium batteries and made herself a name to reckon with in the field of renewable energy and energy storage. Named Asia's most influential women in renewable energy, Dr. Rashi advocates for gender equality and women empowerment at every possible opportunity. She is a committee member of the Bureau of Indian Standards for Batteries, Energy Storage and E-Mobility a member of International Electrotechnical Commission, and the list goes on. Dr. Rashi Gupta, thank you for joining me in this conversation on the Word to the Wise podcast. How does it make you feel being known as the Battery Valley of India? And more importantly, can you tell us a bit about why you became to be known as the Battery Valley? Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity here today to be with you on this podcast. Well, uh, how do I come to be known as Battery Valley of India. Now, this happened is because I'm one of the pioneers in this segment and being a female, only female entrepreneur in this uh, domain, that gives the tagline as Battery Valley of India. And, you know, being the pioneer, there were not many people when 2015, when we started with advanced lithium batteries in India. And, you know, in India, there's always a Wali or a Wala tag attached to your work. So that's how they describe your work profile. And then it was easier for people to just say and relate, you know, okay, go to Battery Wali, na, that female who works in batteries and then she, she'll tell you what is to be done. So, so that's how it came. And, you know, and then I took it as a tagline for me as a respect and affection given by the industry. So I said, why not adopt it? (laughs) (laughs) And that's in good spirit. But before we get into your work and views on the role of women in science and engineering, can you, Dr. Rashi, give our listeners a sense of where your love for the sciences began? Oh, right at the childhood. My love for sciences began right at the childhood. You know, as a female, my parents never gave me dolls playing uh, materials which generally girls get. I always got a computer to play with. So <laughs> I was the one who was playing PC Man and Pac-Man at that time. I mean, that game which used to come. And I was always into computers and, you know, more things where innovation would fascinate me rather than, you know, getting into the traditional works. But at the same time, my mother did strike a balance to ensure that I could do everything at home. I mean, all the household chores is something that I can still do. So, you know, that was something which was fascinating. And I'm very thankful to my family that they could 
allow me to take uh, science as a background and they always encouraged and said that no it's fine you can take up science and and that it really fascinated a lot i would love doing those experiments i would love seeing how computers would work in fact uh, when i created my first email id i was so excited we had the old modems in our houses at that time you know those 144 kbps white color small modems which used to work so that internet would give me such a big exposure to more technology and it would connect me to the world to read more and understand more so it goes way back in my childhood that's so interesting and why renewables more specifically energy storage and lithium batteries why renewables okay i'll tell you what i mean i started in 2009 with robotics and my plate was full very soon because of the kind of work we did very niche very advanced and then i was like okay now i'm getting stagnated i feel stagnated how do i give my brain some challenge to really create innovate because it was on an autopilot mode we were booked for 3 4 years next 3 4 years so what do we do so then renewables did catch my interest because that's where you know energy and power comes into play and i love power somehow so 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 it was very important for me to give back to the society at large because they society has given me a lot so i wanted to give back contribute my bit and that's when i started looking into renewable energies but then solar was by and large quite lot saturated in other countries in the more developed countries and energy storage was picking up but then india had been always a traditionally lead acid battery kind of storage country till then and i wanted to give it something new a new flavor and that's mm. when i came across that people abroad are uh, you know getting into lithium batteries they're getting into more advanced technologies and why india should not get into why should i not bring something which is more valuable which can change the way energy storage is perceived so that's when i thought okay lithium makes more sense it is more beneficial to what india really needs in terms of overhauling in terms of giving a new face to the entire power sector and you've often said that at vision mechatronics you want to develop the world's smartest lithium battery in india how far have you come in achieving that vision well absolutely because i always thought that smart work is more important and it makes more sense Hmm. so what we did was we wanted to add iot that was our first thing so that see you know india is geographically a very large nation and traveling and for service support it becomes really difficult at at times going reaching rural places and you know far to reach places so i thought why not add something intelligent give a battery on a next level of interaction wherein it could interact with the client it could interact with us and it could give you much more advanced prediction on things so we yes we made it smart and not just smarter we made it the smartest and we are continuously adding to it today we have added uh, preventive and predictive monitoring where we can predict 15 days in advance that the cells are going to go bad mm. we are now going to with all the data that we are collecting with every instance and every day we want to make it to at least 3 months in advance so you know we are going to continuously improve what we are doing in terms of product in terms of service so that the customer has a complete peace of mind so that is what something i felt is very very important in terms of having a service and it's smarter service because smartest thing is something which is very new and and internet and iot has given you a very very broad spectrum to improve your service and the customer satisfaction take it to the next level 
and how important is that from a safety and security perspective a oh, very very important you know because safety plays a major role and um, ve- many a times you can avert many accidents having iot in picture Hmm. we are also going to add blockchain to take it to the next level of transparency but what i realized is you know by adding preventive and predictive monitoring we were able to solve many many issues just remotely with very minor setting changes and what we could understand is you know that we could give it a better efficiency to the customer on site by understanding the usage patterns so safety is paramount we have not compromised anywhere on the safety we are trying our level best to keep on adding to the safety that is required in terms of the internet of things in terms of the battery per technology per se so we are doing both over there we have that is the reason introduced a very advanced bms to the system which takes care of most of the things including an active balancing to give it a very high efficiency so these are the things you know on us on on every level we are trying to inculcate so that the customer has a seamless zero blackout experience and as you pointed out dr ashi india is a very vast geography there's rural india there's urban india there's semi rural semi urban where do you go from here i think it's important to uplift the rural india till now on the development we have focused only on the urban india Hmm. Or, or you know or rather the semi we are now developing the semi urban india but i think it's time that we focus on our rural india because you know there's a lot of energy drain happening and the urban india is not capable of sustaining this energy drain any further the urban india is overloaded and overburdened so if we could shift the entire development focus to rural india in terms of power in terms of energy in terms of manpower in terms of people i think the whole country would be developed very fast hmm. and you've been viewed as a very important voice for gender equality how important has that become for real advancements in the field of applied sciences and engineering where you're looking like you just pointed out to solve the real problems of today i think gender equality is very important and in the sector that we are women are actually a very big beneficiary segment of the power requirements that we are looking at and women in stem are also equally important i mean ground reality we really don't see many of them taking up applied sciences or engineering so we need to focus on that as well and it is important that whatever we are doing as in a product enhancement or a technology enhancement it should be gender neutral it's very important because see we most of the times we have men representing most of the technological sector so they think in that fashion they mm. think alike now we need to balance the whole idea by having a gender neutral approach i mean most of the courses also if you see they are more masculine in nature can we have a gender balance out there to create courses which are equally balanced have some feminine nature and have a masculine nature as well i mean this is very specific to the engineering segment mm. the stem segment i mean if we can do that we can really bring a lot of balance in the ecosystem and i think that would create more opportunities for gender equality as well as for companies to grow and just sticking with that theme in the past year or so the spotlight has clearly been on women in stem we've seen industry bodies government the media all talking about the changing dynamics the need for greater advocacy funding so on and so forth 
But when it really comes down to ground realities, what do you think needs to change or what do you think will make a real difference, especially in your industry? Well, uh, yes, you're absolutely right that the spotlight has been on women in STEM. But something that we really need to do is at the ground level. We need to work at the grassroots level right from the girls where they are in their uh, mid-school, like 10th and 12th standards and, you know, going into the early colleges. At that time, we need to focus and we need to bring them to have a sense of comfort that yes, engineering is for them and not just, uh, you know, softer engineering roles like computer sciences and electronics, even the core engineering like mechanical or electronics or civil is okay for women to take up. Mm. like mechatronics all mm. these all these things can be taken up by women or the girls and they can really excel in doing it it is not a male dominated or a male oriented kind of uh, course so we have to break the stereotype of women only are good for the uh, softer roles like teaching or the fashion industry or the music industry. I mean, many more on the softer sides. I mean, these are some examples I'm citing. Please don't stick to them. But the point is here that we need to make sure that we can equally do well in the hardcore main STEM and engineering fields. And, and there is no, it's not difficult. Mm. Just that you have to believe in yourself that you can do it. And you know, something important here is that the mothers play a very vital role out here mm. in these upbringing. And, and the parents rather, not mothers and fathers both, you know, together. They have to allow the girl to really believe in herself, you know, push her that yes, you can do it. There is nothing impossible. And when you say impossible, it's like I am possible. So yes, you can do it. It's not difficult. It's achievable. And when, you know, we inculcate that faith in that young child's mind that it is possible, then I'm very sure we will see more and more women coming into the industry at higher level, at higher roles. I mean, after MSc or BSc or maybe, you know, physics and maybe the final year engineering, so you don't see many girls continuing with their careers ahead mm-hmm. or maths for that matter. Mm-hmm. We don't see people continuing with their careers. There is a break after that, then they get married. And then all the other things keep happening. So the family takes a precedence over or the family becomes more important over, you know, the career. But then it's okay. It's okay. I mean, women can be in STEM. They can always have a second career to begin with and it should work for them. So we need to inculcate things at the grassroots. At the same time, colleges, schools and the universities also have to start bringing up courses and making the uh, females and the, you know the girls more comfortable on such topics mm. they should be allowed to take those challenges openly and they should be treated equally i mean don't give uh, just because there's a girl student coming in don't give her an extra advantage treat her equally as the male counterpart and you will see that she will excel or perform in the same fashion as the other uh, other students are doing so that i think is very important and just coming back to focusing on you how do you see yourself being part of that change well i'm trying to do my bit really i mean i'm trying to (laughs) wherever i get an opportunity i'm trying to be a part with all these universities technical institutes trying to uh, mentor students or young uh, women and men both i mean young minds so that they can come up in the field of stem the whole ideology is to give them a practical experience to make them understand that it's not the books that only will give you 
everything. Mm. I mean, it's just a degree on the paper that's not going to help you. You have to come to the ground reality. You have to come to the shop floor. You have to come to the labs. You have to experiment yourself. See how important it is to do things yourself. You know, that is what I'm trying to build. And so I am trying to help. We do give a lot of internships to uh, to the young students so that, you know, they can come, they can experiment, they can learn how industry functions. They can understand where is the gap between academy and industry. Come on the shop floor, see how things work and see the change that you feel in yourself. And then you can always, you know, when, when you have experienced that change, you can always help others change. And your example is out there. You know, interestingly, your innovation with lithium-based battery systems has shown that opportunities lie in the underserved markets. Yeah, but why do most women and men aspiring for jobs in the field flock to the big cities? Is that helping or hurting their prospects? I think it's hurting their prospects. As I said just a short while back, that we need to have more rural development. See, I'll tell you what. We are all running in a rat race out here. And, and somehow if I had an opportunity, I would still go back to my roots, go back to the rural India, stay there at, at peace. And you'll be more innovative, you'll be more creative when you are peaceful with your mind. You know, when you have that happiness around you, you will be more creative, you will innovate more. You don't, I mean, look at it here. You have, you take at least one and a half hours. I mean, this is pre-COVID and when things are normal. You take at least one and a half hour to travel from one point to another point in a city. While if you look at the rural or the semi-rural places, it's not one and a half hours of wasted in traveling and the stress that you have of traveling. Secondly, here you don't even know your neighbors. Hmm. In in the rural places, in the villages, each and every one is known to you. I mean, something happens, you're still there. You can still discuss, you can open up your minds, talk. I mean, that is what a human nature is requiring today. And we are all missing that in the urban lines. So, and you know what, okay, I understand that rural India is having a challenge of power. So why not the youth create something at the rural India to upbring the rural uh, segment, which is something which creates a job opportunity for them, which creates the infrastructure out there for them. And of course, which definitely lets them to be with their grassroots, with their families, and that would give them more happiness. You know what, today, the happiness index is very low among the youth. So if you can have technology combined with happiness as an emotion, I think that would change the whole perspective of the power sector or even the rural India that we are looking at. That's very interesting because, of course, happiness fosters innovation and creativity. Now, you're an important voice for e-mobility and energy storage standards globally. So do you think these advanced battery systems can become more safe and sustainable? Uh, Definitely, yes. My answer is very positive to this. I am definitely looking forward to have more safety and sustainability imbibed in the entire ecosystem for e-mobility and energy storage. A lot of work is being done behind the scenes to bring you something which is more safe and sustainable. And by sustainability, I just don't mean a product development. I mean the entire ecosystem right from building the first inception of the R&D till recycling and reuse of the same product, okay? And involving each and every aspect of the society. So whether it is gender, it is, you know, urban or rural divide, or it is the type of the quality that you're building in. I mean, everything in the ecosystem, it should be a 360 degree view that we are talking about here. 
So definitely, yes, a lot of work on standardization is going on. India definitely has done a lot of work and India has been a pioneer to put in a BMS, a battery management system standard, which is the first ever globally written standard and it's implemented. So that is something, yes, we are doing a lot of work. I'm very sure that, you know, with the new startups coming in, the way youth is taking up sustainability and in uh, climate change, I'm very sure we can have more sustainable and a safe society to work with. And that's so interesting that you're saying that it's in India where the innovation and R&D is happening in safety standards. A lot of attention, in fact, has been turned to talent seeking international grants, looking for greener pastures abroad when it comes to R&D and study fields of renewable energy storage. Why do you think that is happening? How can we help retain that talent in India? What are the opportunities? Clearly, you've, you've already laid out that there's a lot happening here and that we need more minds. India has till date not been a pro R&D country. You know, we are more of a trading and a manufacturing kind of a country. But then that is shifting now. The whole focus is now shifting. Like with the new PLI scheme also that has come in, we are talking of advanced cell chemistries out here. I know so many labs behind the scenes who are actually working on having advanced chemistries, on having safer systems. So, What is important now here is that we need to showcase to the young talent that yes, there is an opportunity for you. And that can happen only when the industry and academia collaborate, give those young minds a platform. Actually, with every generation moving ahead, the IQ is increasing. Mm -hmm. And the generation which is going behind has to realize that the young minds are much smarter. They are much faster. So what we need to do is we need to keep up a pace with them. It's not they need to keep up a pace with us. We have to increase our pace with them and we have to we have to be much faster in teaching them things that we have learned and we have to understand what is their requirement. Mm. What is so fascinating about going to another country and doing things what they can do up here. But I think the scenario is changing now. Government has also done a lot of work with the Startup India mission where a lot of these young minds can put up their companies. And, you know, at our times when we started funding and fundraising was and, you know, getting debt rate, debt financing was very difficult. But things are changing now. I see a lot of venture capitalists round A, round B happening. And, you know, these startups are actually getting their money. And venture capitalists are also now opening up from the traditional mindset to come up with, you know, innovative tech. They want to invest in innovative tech. So I think, yes, India can retain talent subject to we have an industry academy collaboration. And we give them a taste of success at a little early age. Maybe smaller successes, but at a little early age, that would change the ideas. Then they would feel, okay, I am capable of doing it. I don't need to go out to other countries. So industry and academia collaboration is important. Also showcasing work. So bringing all that together, if I were to put you in a time capsule, Dr. Rashi, and ask you to go into the future, 10 or maybe even 20 years from now, what do you see as a role of women in STEM in India? Wow, I would love to try and travel in this in the time capsule. And what I can imagine right now is women being even more powerful, women having more opportunities. And I see a gender balance. I see equality in the next 10, 20 years coming in because I can see a balance. I can see something, you know, which is so beautiful, which is having an energy balance, which is positive, 
where you know men and women are treated equally the children and the uh, elders are treated equally everyone has a voice to give everyone has energy independence everyone is happy and that is what i see coming in the next 10 20 years because today that we are working on is giving everybody a sense of energy security we all mm. are trying whether it is industry it is government it is the consumers everybody is trying to have the greener energy come together and when all of us will collectively work towards it i'm pretty sure that this imagination that i just had of in the time capsule will be a reality in the next decade because this is a transformational decade for the power sector and i'm sure that women are going to lead this transformational decade to make a more happy sustainable resilient society that we all can be in for the next generations and sticking with that happy thought and then lovely visualization what would be your advice to aspiring women scientists in the energy storage space i would say you know that women are the best at storage we <laughs> store everything and just now we have to learn how to store two types of energies mm-hmm. one is your own energy which is very very important and second is the energy of that is the electricity energy storage mm-hmm. okay i mean i mean women have always learned how to store money in those food jars you know that that india has a concept then we have learned how to store food water i mean these are all types of energies but mm. what we have to now learn is how to store electrical energy <laughs> which is very very focused and which is now getting glamorized so i'm very happy about it and i'm sure women we by nature i mean indian women specifically are here by nature i have that upbringing where we are taught to save everything okay and women by general can save and store because we are powerhouses so now it's just that we need to learn how to store electrical energy how to innovate to store many different types of energies that we have and i'm sure women can do it the best something another thing that i would like to add for women is you know we get lost in our day to day activities we get lost in our family responsibilities so something that each and every woman should understand is that we need to upgrade ourselves constantly Mm. a very important aspect is please upgrade yourself constantly in terms of your technicalities in terms of your skills in terms of uh, the knowledge base that you have because that is something going to keep you ahead of time that will help you deal with the competition around you that will help you store and excel with the energies that you have dr rashi thank you ever so much for speaking to the worth of the wise podcast thank you so much You were listening to the Word to the Wise conversation with the Battery Valley of India, Dr. Rashi Gupta. Stay tuned for more exciting conversations with more trailblazers on this podcast. Through Word to the Wise, we will continue to build on our legacy, driving transformative change in pursuit of a safer and more resilient society by inspiring more young women to envision a career in the field of STEM. Remember, you too can nominate more remarkable women to be part of the show or just send in your questions for future guests on the Word to the Wise podcast. All you have to do is visit us on saferindiatoday.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at saferindiatoday. Don't forget to subscribe and like us on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you for listening.